you guys, hey there. <laughs> Welcome to Spooky Spouses. I'm Lindsay Reed. I'm Jordan Reed, and this is a podcast about ghosts and stuff. We talk about urban legends. Short, uh, sh- ankle, ankle height socks. Oh, those are nice. <laughs> yeah, I almost bought some today. Oh. <laughs> Cryptozoology. Ankle length shorts. Monsters that wear ankle-length things. And ankle bracelets. Yeah, anything really paranormal, supernatural, anything. Or anything that sort of... Yeah, anything that sort of uh, holds some sort of very intense magical power, like a friendship ankle bracelet. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, each week, Lindsay and I research a topic separately... And then we bring it in and share it with each other and all of you for the first time on our show. So we listen with you. If you weren't with us last week, what did we discuss? You discussed the The, Tylenol scare. The Chicago Tylenol scare. And why we have safety, what, safety proof, safety seals on food and other things. Yeah. A guy who got arrested because he said he did it and they arrested him. Remember he sent that letter in or whatever? Yeah, but then, no, he said that they needed to stop posting things on the media, and then he got arrested for tampering or dabbling in. What was, I thought the one who got upset with the media was the one who shot the guy, and then the no, one guy. No, that was another guy, that they oh. just thought maybe he did it because he shot some random guy. That he, because he mistook him They were really for grasping another. for straws, and I don't think they ever really, like, figured it out. But we talk about it more on our last episode. <laughs> our last episode. And this week's episode is a continuation with your last week episode when we talk about demons. Yes, I discussed last week the five worst demons to be possessed by, like you have a choice. And then this (laughs) week, the to be continued ends up being continued cliffhanger, suspenseful, what are other other things people Um, say? Thrilling, chilling. (laughs) So this week, <laughs> I talk about the five best demons to be possessed by. Right, because being possessed by a demon is not ideal. It's not, but some on my list are pretty cool, I think. Okay. But speaking about haunted things, something that's really scary, and I'm sorry to talk about it on the show, I'm going to get real for a second, is something that's scary is Lindsay and I just spent the last 10 minutes crying because we were watching the most recent episode of MasterChef Junior. Yeah, every if you can get through an episode of MasterChef Junior without crying, then I think you are a demon. I think like, you are. You don't possessed. have a soul. No, absolutely not. And I and I think you're correct, Lindsay. We watched the episode where, okay, so spoiler alert: if you're a devoted MasterChef Junior fan, fast forward. I don't know, ideally a minute, but maybe 25 minutes. Fast forward because we might talk about this for a very long time. <laughs> It was the one episode where the two sisters got separated, and man, it was so sad. Yeah, it was pretty heartbreaking. There was a lot of tears on our couch. The saddest win, I think, in history (laughs) happened on MasterChef Junior. Well, speaking of MasterChef Junior, (laughs) would you like me to dive in here? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so again, last week I talked about the five worst demons to be possessed by. Five being the least worst of the worst, and yeah. first being the worst, worst of the worst. And number one on the worst, worst of the worst list was our friend Beelzebub. Yeah, the devil himself. Probably not Probably not a good one to be possessed by. Yeah. But now, maybe something a little more lighthearted are the five demons who I think, uh, and a few other lists corroborate, think that 
it's okay if you're possessed by these things. Side note, do you know what demon possessed, what was it, Linda Blair in The Exorcist? Oh, uh, I do. What? Nathan. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was Nathan. I think, okay, I don't remember. Well, give me another guess. Ready? Okay. Jam. Jam. Jammin. Jammin? No, it wasn't jammin. Oh, huh. But close. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. But it was like basically a form of, what, Zuzu? But okay. it was like it was like Bazuzu or something. Bazuzu. Or like there's something in front of it, but it was basically a form of Zuzu. So there's Zuzu, there's Zozo, there's Zaza, there's Zuzu and Zozo. I think are similar. I think they're the same. Yeah, I okay. think it's just the spelling. So it's there. So Zozo or Zuzu or whoever Zip Zip, which is the I was gonna say it's the mascot of. Akron University of Akron because there's the zips and it's a kangaroo but it's not it's really it's wow wow yikes man alive it's not a good joke okay (laughs) so we're we're gonna cut that no I think I'll leave it in all right we're apologizing right now but I believe that Zozo is the one that is most commonly said to pop up on your Ouija board yeah well if he pops up on your Ouija board I think you're in trouble are you searching it up I'm going to search up the actual name of the demon from The Exorcist. So, 27 episodes in, everyone, we're actually searching something. We never do this, <laughs> and I'm actually blown away. I think I might I might have some residual tears from MasterChef Jr. and begin to cry a little bit right now because of what Lindsay's doing. Pazuzu. Oh, Pazuzu. It was in a mythology. It was Babylonian mythology. Okay. He was the king of the demons of the wind. Uh, the demons of the wind? So Pazuzu was the king of the demons of the wind. Pazuzu was the king of the demons of the wind. And that was supposedly the demon that possessed Linda Blair. Isn't the demons of the wind, isn't that that Pocahontas song? That's Colors of the Wind. Mm. And that's a great song. (laughs) Can you spook my spooky spookies and my spooky? Isn't that it? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think I have a beautiful voice? <laughs> I feel like this ep- week's episode is getting weird. We're researching things. You're being really sentimental about your voice. Well, I think it's very good. I can sing whatever you want right now. All right. Well, what are the good demons, I guess, to be the, possessed by? The best demons in order of the least best to the best best of the best list. The least best, number five on the best list. Don't get me wrong. They're all still good. Right. Well, comparatively, right? I mean, compared to Beezlebub. But the, the, fifth, the fifth best demon to be possessed by is Azazel or Azazel. Ooh, he sounds really, like, eccentric. He's silly. Is he just, like... He... It just says here, silliest of them all. And that's it. <laughs> and, then, and then that's it. No. So Azazel... Do you like Azazel or Azazel? Azazel lets Azazel people know. Azazel sounds sassier. Well, Azazel lets people know that you and I are from Northeast Ohio, but Azazel might not. Azazel sounds like something you attach to your hose when you want your kids to have hours of fun. So it's like a fun nozzle. Yeah. Azazel. It like <laughs> does the bubbles by itself. It makes all the fun rainbow misty fun little tricks. Yeah. You have like a slip and slide attachment that comes out. Your Azazel, your, uh, what's that called? Your Azazel Woggle. Although a slip and slide was pretty scary too, because you always got grass burns. Mm-hmm. Or like, remember when the slip and slides, you would have to stake them in the ground yes. so it wouldn't slip. Yes. And then like, if you went off track a little bit, that like 
that basically that steak would just like rip through your body? Well, I think that whoever whoever invented the slip and slide, probably just a bored parent who was like, I don't know, put water on this tarp and slide around, <laughs> which seems very weird. Whoever invented the slip and slide, I would think also invented the trampoline. Both very fun. But the minute they're not fun, they're very not fun. Yeah, because it's like you got your hair stuck in the springs of the trampoline or you flipped off and broke your collarbone. There was one time we were jumping on the trampoline at at my mom and dad's house growing up. And our friend knocked his front tooth out on our trampoline, Jason, (laughs) totally out. And we were so, so scared. It was during the summer. And we're like, okay, Jason, have your mom come pick you up. And then you put the tooth back in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Even though it was a permanent tooth, and we're like, and then fall out of your mom's van when you get home and go, oops, my tooth fell out. <laughs> but he was done bleeding at that point. Yeah. I don't know. That didn't work, and my dad was very upset. I bet. He was very mad. Okay, so <laughs> what do you think? Azazel or Azazel? I like Azazel. Okay, so Azazel. Yeah. Number five on the best list. So the name Azazel is said to have roots or sort of translate to the word of being a scapegoat. Do you know the whole history of a scapegoat? Mm, I don't know. So in folklore and stuff like that, a scapegoat was literally people believed that you could put all of your sin into a goat that lived in your community. Oh, so it actually like came from... A real goat. Yeah. You would throw all of your sin and wrongdoings onto your goat and then just set your goat free in the woods and then you were free of... you're good. Yeah. That poor goat though. Yeah. and like Walking around with sins. What if it actually worked? Like someone goes to kill that goat... And like just rotten meat and stuff, all the sin sort of like infests. Oh yeah, meat do you like be, and... do you inherit those sins if you eat the goat? Well, I don't know, maybe. Hmm. Okay. They'll. Whenever I drink human blood, I feel like I always gain their courage. <laughs> so maybe, probably. Depending on the human. Depending on the human, I did drink some of Lady Gaga's blood, and I did get very cool dance moves, and I became hmm. better at piano. That's nice. Yeah, it was really nice. I'm surprised I never told you about that. Yeah. Seemed well, like... I was wondering like where like all the crazy hairdos were coming all of a sudden, but yeah. I just figured you were just exploring. Nope. I just drank some Lady Gaga's blood. Okay. So Azazel, sorry, Azazel translates to scapegoat. So it's believed. Some people think it actually just means like a stony or a rocky ground, which is much less exciting than scapegoat. Yeah. Some people think that Azazel is the actual devil, but I don't believe that that's true. I mean, who knows? I don't know. I don't, I don't really Just know. Just another nickname for the devil? I guess so. Hmm. But the reason why it would be fun to be possessed by Azazel is because Azazel's famous. Been in TV shows, Supernatural, that television show. Okay. He's been in the, com- uh, the comic book Sandman, and he's been in movies, uh, the movie Fallen. He's all over the place. He's probably hmm. the most famous demon, aside from maybe... Zuzu, Zaza, whoever, and the devil. Right. But he's a fairly famous demon. Hmm. I don't know. You kind of get some street cred. You kind of end up, like, I think being possessed by Azazel means that maybe you're more likely to get on the TMZ uh, website. He's like the um, Sam Rockwell. Like, you know him, and he's in a lot of movies, but, like, you always forget his name. I love Sam Rockwell. But, yes, that was a very good comparison. (laughs) So Azazel is kind of like the Sam Rockwell of demons. Okay. So that's number five. Pretty good. Pretty cool demon to be possessed by. I I don't know what Azazel does when he is possessing you or when it's possessing you. On his free time. Yeah, or just in his free time. Right. He just surfs the web looking for for people to possess. But pretty famous and pretty fun. Okay. All right. Number four. (laughs) This one is a a first and a last name. Ben Tamalian. Okay. Or Ben Tamalian. 
I think it's Tamalian. Either way, sounds made up. Ben. Ben. Ben? Like, why did everybody else get, like, crazy cool names and he's just like, well, I'll just go with Ben. Ben. I think Ben's cool. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know why. Uh, I always mean... want to be called Ben. Okay, so you'll be Agaris. You'll be Surgot. You'll be Akiel. And your demon name? Ben. Ben. Oh, thank you. Ben's very scary. Do you think it was, like, pronounced, like, B-N? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or Bean. B-N. 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 Anything. So Ben Tamalian. Okay. We'll say Tamalian. I think that's okay. Ben Tamalian appears first in ancient Jewish mythology. Right. The reason why Ben Tamalian is seems pretty okay is when when Ben possesses you, the 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 story goes is that he he possessed a princess, and then the princess's dad, the king, knew who to call to rid the demon from his daughter's body. Right. And it was this one specific rabbi, and the rabbi is like, how did you know how to call me? And the king said, well, I asked my daughter, and then she told me exactly who I needed to call. So I think Ben's a fairly meek demon because Ben possesses someone and then makes the person whom he's possessing yell the name of the person who could, could rid them? easily, yeah, who could easily exercise that demon from that person's body, and that's it. Hmm. So it's like if I was possessed, or if you were possessed by by Ben, right? You'd scream the name Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell, and then I have to get in touch with Sam. He'd come here and go, "Can you just can you stop?" And then he'd leave, and then you'd be yeah. fine. So he's just kind of a, like he just likes to dabble a little bit, but he's like, I don't want to be like in your body for a while. Yeah, I don't want to overstay my welcome. I kind of just want to get in and get out and like just be as helpful as possible. Yeah, he's like the worker that like shows up every day to work, but like doesn't give it a hundred percent. Nah, he's ready. He's ready to clock out. Yeah, he's like three o'clock hits and he's ready to go. I wonder if there's Sunday fun day. He just wants to have Sunday fun day. <laughs> I wonder if there's a quota you need to meet to like for your to maintain your role or something or your um, status as like a higher up in the demon hierarchy. Okay, well, you've possessed four people this year. You've possessed 20 people, Ben. Wow, I can't Maybe. believe it. But he just does it so quickly. So Ben is like a crappy cop. Kind of a crappy cop. <laughs> just pulls over people very quickly, gives them a ticket and leaves. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Could be a crappy cop. All That's right, Ben. ben. A little more about Ben. Yeah, he lets he, he makes the person scream who can drive him out of their body, leaves you very quickly. The only lingering effect is actually a positive effect. It's a marked decrease if you have any anti-Semitic views or if you're just like a butt and like you might be a little racist. Yeah. He makes you less racist when he leaves your body, which is positive. So like Ben is like kind of the equivalent of like just having a good day. Kind, I mean, kinda. It's <laughs> it's definitely a bonus. I don't know how much you remember when you're possessed, but yeah. maybe it's like you just take a big nap and you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm feeling like a better person. Yeah, like I feel like I'm going to do something with my life. I think I might do something with my life. Yeah. Well, thanks, Ben. And I think women should have equal pay. <laughs> <laughs> Side note, I do think women should have equal pay. Go girl power. Girl power, go girl power. <laughs> I also agree. And I didn't need Ben to tell me that. Well, maybe Ben's a woman. Maybe Ben's a woman. Benny. Benny, like <laughs> one of the uh, MasterChef Junior contestants. Yeah. She's my favorite. I think she's going to win. Okay. You heard it here first, guys. Benny, B-E-N-I, MasterChef Junior. She will win the whole thing. No. Avery. Little Texas sass queen. Texas sass queen. Mm -hmm. She is a Texas sass queen. She is. Benny's, she's great. Benny's from Chicago. We've been to Chicago a few times. I like Chicago. Benny's got my vote. 
Avery. Because Benny hasn't had a breakdown yet either. Neither has Avery. You're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. Most of the other ones if have had... If you have a bet on who's <laughs> going to win, let us know. Let us know on Twitter, at uh, Spooky underscore Spouses, and just let us know which MasterChef Junior contestant you think is going to take it. And then maybe just write the word boo or something afterwards so we can maintain our spooky sort of persona. <laughs> Anyways, back to Z- demons. Back to demons. The next one on my list. The third I'm talking like this because I miss. I found it. Okay. Andras is the third best demon to be possessed by. Andre? Andre. 3,000. 3,000. <laughs> Andre the giant demon. Okay. Uh, Andras. The reason why I wrote Andros down is so it's it's kind of bittersweet. One of the one of the positives is that Andros has the head of an owl. Okay, is, cool. Is like most demons, probably nude, probably typically nude. Yeah. Has the head of an owl, carries a giant sword, and rides a horse. That's pretty cool. Okay. But the here's where it gets like uh, I don't know, kind of like gray area. Andros tells you specifically the best way to kill certain people, mm. which. Can you think why that would be a good thing? Like the best for you, for Andras, or like the best for like the person being killed? I think just the most efficient way possible, probably. Well, then that's not, you know, that's not good, but it's not bad. Like I would think it would be a good thing if you harnessed your power and you said, no, Andras, I'm not going to murder the, uh, the, the customer service person at the local Target, but I'm going to focus on bad guys. Yeah, like so you're kind of like a superhero. Yeah, in maybe a weird way. A little like a little gray area superhero like a Jessica Jones. Sure. I could see how that would be a positive one. Okay. If you learned or if you were able to control that possession. Andros. Okay. Andros. Head of an owl, probably nude, sword riding a horse. I mean, that's kind of a cool image though. Yeah. The next one I have here is Asmodeus. Yeah. He okay. sounds pretty creepy. It's a little this this one's good and bad, I guess. Asmodeus is the demon of lust or desire. You know, oh. you know where I'm headed? I mean, yeah, I guess I feel like I can figure that out. Yeah. Um, so he's just a frat boy. Kind of a, well, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. It's just, it's just a demon. Okay. It's just, it's just the, the, the demon of just generalized lust. Okay. Or what, what the, the website said, carnal desire, which made me very mm. uncomfortable to read. And equally as uncomfortable to say carnal desire. (laughs) So I guess like the whole act of lust and stuff like that is better than murdering. It's better than cannibalism or like barfing up the pea soup or whatever, like in The Exorcist or your head spinning around. Yeah. There's no like body manipulation that happens or mutilation. It's just, I don't know. A little too much. A little too much. A little too much in the lust department. Yeah. Which is good and bad. thank you. But in mythology... The what the the one good thing about Asmodeus, it's very easy to get rid of Asmodeus. You don't even need a priest anywhere around. Oh, it's just, you just like, like take a couple Tylenol and well check for the seal first. Yes, if the safety seal's broken. If the safety seal's broken, return it. But if it isn't, take a couple Tylenol. Yeah, get rid of your demon. So the equivalent to taking Tylenol in the Asmodeus folklore mm-hmm. is that. Asmodeus was lusting after a woman. So I guess, you know, in, in folklore, Asmodeus was a man. Yeah. Was lusting after a woman. And the woman said, absolutely not. And then she wanted to get married the day before they were married uh, and could consummate their marriage, right? Right. Uh, Asmodeus killed her husband. And then she tried it again right before bedroom. Yeah. 
killed her husband. And that happened seven times. Man, she's gone through husbands quick. So I'm sure during her eighth husband is the one that figured this out. I don't know how he figured this one out, but her eighth husband was like, I'm sure she said, okay, so it's like in the movies. I, I don't want to get involved because I kind of have a difficult past or I've kind of, I'm, I'm a little difficult. I kill my husbands and I blame it on this demon that <laughs> exists. It's always me. First we sign the prenubs, and then I blame it on the demon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this husband, the eighth husband, realized that the way to get rid of Asmodeus was to just throw a bunch of fish on a bunch of open coals, and Asmodeus just left. Oh, so you just have fish tacos. Yeah, you eat some fish tacos, Asmodeus leaves. We eat fish a lot, so I feel like that demon will never be here. I think you're right. Hmm. Uh, I don't think you have to worry about anyone murdering me or anyone murdering you. Eat more fish. Eat more fish. Go get a fish taco, would you? <laughs> it was just Cinco de Mayo, so... It was just Cinco de Mayo. I feel like that demon, that's his worst nightmare, because he's like, people are going to be eating those fish tacos. They're going to be eating fish tacos at Cinco de Mayo, and now I can't have any fun. Bummer. The best demon to be possessed by, are you ready? Yes. Zach Efron. Just kidding. I love Zach Efron. <laughs> <laughs> the best demon is Belphegor. Ooh. Belphegor... For some reason, a very long time ago, Satan named Belphegor the ambassador, the the demonic ambassador to France. Okay, cool. Belphegor is also the demon of sloth. Lazy. Yeah. Okay, doesn't sound that bad right now. Yeah. For a little bit. So Belphegor is also the strongest when it's April. Okay, great. So (laughs) if you realize that you are possessed by Belphegor, the ambassador to France... One of the demons of sloth, if not the demon of sloth, and is strongest in April. You spend an entire month of April, or the entire month of April in France, you're set. And you're going to have like the most chill vacation ever. You can kick it super hard. (laughs) And you can kind of do whatever you want because people kind of beckon to you because you're a very powerful demon. And the entire ambassador to France from the demon world. So you get to snap your fingers and get like a really good charcuterie plate, really good bread, really good croissants, really (laughs) good baked goods, and just kick it for a month. But you only have that one month, though. But I bet you that month is awesome. I bet you it's a really relaxing month. Yeah. You go like swimming and is is it like Versailles? There are those big pools or something. I don't really know. But you go just hang out in France. You go to Paris. You go to Brittany. You go to Nice wherever you want for the whole month and just relax. And to me, that sounds really nice. Okay. And if you're ever wanting to uh, summon Belphegor, I guess the sacrificial offering to Belphegor, forgive me for saying this, but this is this is fact, is number two. So you number two. And then you can summon. And then you can summon him. Who? What? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one way to start your vacation. So at the very end of March, just number two, <laughs> summon, summon Belphegor and then go to France and then kick it for an entire month and just relax. Okay. That just seems nice. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you have to be possessed by a demon. Yeah. I, that's, you know, one of your better options. I think so too, just to relax for a month. Yeah. So there they are. If you have a choice, we here, I can't speak for Lynn's, I highly recommend... Getting possessed by Asmodeus, Belphegor, uh, Ben, you know, any of the other ones, Azazel, any of the other demons that you want to get possessed by. Because they're demons, I always just think of like 
researching these demons and then like in fine print at the bottom of the screen like it says like will cause urination problems will <laughs> cause headaches will cause multiple stabbings but you will get vacation all month of april which sounds very nice to me might lose one of your limbs there's or the all of old your limbs. there's the old um early like tin pan alley song april in paris that was made popular by like the glenn miller orchestra and bands like that April in Paris. The old thing. So it, it sounds great. Maybe it was the demon singing that song. Well, it was the guy who wrote it. Vernon something. Vernon something wrote this. Wrote the music and then the words are written by somebody else. Either way, I'm just saying that the whole concept of being in Paris or France in April is pervasive. Or maybe just flights are cheap then. Well... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, flights just could be very cheap. <laughs> Maybe. You get on Hopper and you select the whole month of April, very cheap flights to cheap Paris. Cheap flights to Paris. Yeah. Probably like maybe good Airbnb deals or something. Maybe. I don't know. Hi, I'm a demon looking for a nice cozy place in France. Entire home, a hundred bucks a day or a night or whatever. But speaking of traveling. Yes. Big announcement, air horn noise. Pr- 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 pr. Lindsay and I will not be releasing an episode next week. Because Lindsay and I are traveling to Oregon to visit some family, and we'll be in the Pacific Northwest for a week, squatching. So we're going squatching. We're going squatching. Now, that's just a funny <laughs> thing that we came up with. We're probably going to, I don't know, do a lot of wandering around and go to the coast. But we're, we've, we've gone squatching as of next week. Yes. Yeah, so we will be returning the following week after that. Which I... I looked at my phone like I was going to pick it up and check the date, but I'm just not going to. We'll uh, keep you updated. We, we will keep you updated. But in our absence, we will be having our third, I believe. No, our fourth. Our fourth. Our fourth Molly Monster Giveaway air horn noise again. Pr- 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 pr. <laughs> Very exciting air horn. For this giveaway, we want you to assemble your team of who you think would be your best Sasquatch team. I think the last giveaway we did, who would be your ride or die ghost hunting partner? Yes. This one, we're looking for three people. So you and two other people. One will be the... So essentially what we're doing on Twitter or Instagram, I think on Instagram, we will post a photo and then you can comment underneath. But on Twitter, you can just make a post, tag us in it, or reply to our initial post or whatever. It's very easy to get at us, quote unquote. You're basically assembling a Bigfoot team of three people. Uh, one of you is the hunter. One of you is the technician. You're bringing all the gear or that person's bringing all the gear. And the other one would be the human bait yes. to lure the Bigfoot. So You all know you have that one friend that you're like, you would be perfect human bait. I can think of 10 people right now who would be very good human bait. <laughs> so tag your team on Twitter or Instagram. Let us know and we'll randomly select a winner. So it could be you or one of your teammates. Yes. And just in case you're unaware, you can get at us uh, on Instagram and Twitter at spooky underscore spouses. Which one of you is the hunter? Which one is the tech? Which one is the human bait? And just let us know after each person's name. And we'll be picking a team at random and we'll be sending you some very cool prizes that we will be handpicking and curating from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do some quick haunted housekeeping and we'll see you in three, two, one. So 
Our first sponsor this week is brought to you by Warby Parker. Like we said last week, we have 800 pairs of Warby Parker and we just found out we're getting a brick and mortar in Columbus, Ohio. And we are stoked. It pretty much made our whole Saturday night. <laughs> if you don't know about Warby Parker, it's an online site that you can actually try on different pairs of prescription glasses and pick your favorites. And sunglasses as well. Yes, they do have a lot of great sunglasses. And you can do this thing on Warby Parker where you pick five pairs of glasses and they send them to your house for free. Well, they, they, they charge you a buck they send it to your house, and when you send it back, they reimburse you the dollar. And you can try on these five pairs of glasses. You can wear them out and about. I think you have them for like a week or something. Yeah. You can, like Lindsay said last week, if you really need a new profile picture and you need to take the perfect selfie ever, <laughs> put on some extremely, almost too fashionable pair of glasses, then you put them in the box, this prepaid package, put a new sticker on it, send it back, and you can do that as many times as you want until you find a pair of glasses that you like. And their frames are reasonable. They're only $95 for a basic pair of frames. And honestly, that's way cheaper than buying them a lot of other places. I agree. And if you buy a pair of glasses or sunglasses through Warby Parker, they deliver a pair of prescription glasses to somebody in need who might not have the means to be able to buy themselves a pair of glasses. So yeah, good eyewear, good outcome. Lynn, that was very good. I just read it off the prompter. Oh, is that what it says? Yeah. <laughs> but Warby Parker is great. We buy all our glasses from Warby Parker. And Lynn's is not being hyperbolic, quite literally. For the past, I don't know, four years, five years, it's been we've been devote Warby Parker fans. Yeah, so the website is bit.ly slash C Scav. That's S E E C Nope. S E E S-C-A-V, and uh, you can go there and get redirected to Warby Parker's website and start browsing. Do yeah. some home try-on and impress all your buds with your brand new glasses or your brand new shades. Absolutely. So our second sponsor this week, speaking again of MasterChef Junior, mm. is none other than our friend KitchenAid. From stand mixers to cookware, coffee makers, and toasters, KitchenAid is a dependable and quality household name. They make those really cool stand mixers that everyone sees that Guy Fieri has one with flames on it. Mine is, is light pink and I love it. I use it like least once a week. Mine is, well, it has a photo of Guy Fieri standing next to his KitchenAid with the flames on it. <laughs> it's uh, it's very unique and it's, it was prohibitively expensive and it doesn't work, but that's because I made it up. Right. <laughs> but if you want to save a little bit of money while you get your KitchenAid mixer, if you go to bit.ly slash scav kitchen, S-C-A-V kitchen, you can save 40% off of select countertop appliances, which 40% off is a lot of percent off. They're Great. pretty expensive, so 40% off would be a wonderful deal. And if you want the extremely rare Guy Fieri one, where it has the photo of Guy Fieri. Good those, luck finding it. Good luck finding it. But if you do on their <laughs> website, it's very cryptic and very hidden. You need to know a few certain passcodes. The $6 million, 40% off, it's still a few million, but it's much better than $6 million. So again, the website is bit.ly slash scavkitchen. Go to kitchenaid.com or go to, go shop around KitchenAid, find some countertop appliances, and cook a bunch of stuff for people. Invite them over. Cooking. Just get cooking. Hey, Just get cooking. Get cooking. I don't think they have a, they don't have a tagline, so 
We'll just say it's get cooking. <laughs> they have the best reputation for being the best in their class. That's Don't you want to be the best in your class? KitchenAid. Get cooking. Get cooking. <laughs> or else. <laughs> Well, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed our little uh, break, made a sandwich, listened to our sponsors, did a little dance. Did a little dance. (laughs) Did a little dance. (laughs) Uh, Maybe during their break, you paused it while you were dancing, but continued to dance in silence and bought some glasses. You had a silent disco? Yeah. Which those are like really becoming very popular. Yeah, they make me nervous. Yeah. Is that okay? I feel like talking about spooky things like... It's kind of spooky. Like a bunch of people just not socializing and then just dancing to their own music. Well, I think it's all synced up. Oh. Like I think everyone's like, like, okay, ready. Just play it out loud. I don't know. Maybe it's just like. Maybe we have to go to understand it. But imagine being there and then one of your headphones pops out and then you just hear like the scuffling and like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of odd. It's really weird. But, anyways, my topics. Topics this oh. week are the West Coast Ghost and the Misunderstood <laughs> Monsters. Very excited. So since we are going to be traveling to the West Coast, I have a couple just little tiny stories about things that are happening over there. Sounds good. Yeah. So the first one I have is the Jake Bird Hex. Which Jake you... Bird Hex? Yes. This takes place in Tacoma, Washington. Jake Bird Hex sounds like a fancy restaurant. Well, it's not. Okay. It's kind of scary. So, there was a famous serial killer in Tacoma, Washington, and his name was Jake Bird. Okay. Which, Jake Bird, it just reminds me of Andrew Bird, and I just think of, like, oh, beautiful music. But no, this one killed people. Yep. But he was captured after hacking two people to death with an axe. So, he received a death sentence, and he confessed to killing 44 people. 44? Yeah. So, he confessed during his trial and said he killed 44 people. At the end of his trial, though, Bird was a little bit mad, I think. Would you say he was Angry Bird? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Original reason why it's called Angry Bird. Would you say he was Angry Bird's Rio de Janeiro? Yes. Okay. Was that a thing that was a game? I, don't, I think, I don't know, or a movie or something. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't really play That's that irrelevant. game. But anyways, he was a little mad and he got his death sentence. Well, he put a curse on everybody that had captured, jailed, and sentenced him. Oh, great. And he said that they would all die before he did. Wasn't he, how long was he going to be sitting and hanging out? Well, they referred to this as the Jake Bird Hex because he put a hex on them. Well, as it turns out, six of those people that did capture jail and sentence him did die before he was put on his death sentence on death row, which was only two years after he was sentenced. Holy smoke. So six people who were involved in the capturing, convicting, and putting him on, what, death row, six of them in two years died. Died. So they, yeah, they call it the Jake Bird Hex, and it's kind of like a big thing that, like, watch out for that Jake Bird Hex. This is in Tacoma, Washington? Tacoma, Washington. Do you think it has anything to do with Bigfoot? Mm, no. Okay. But anyway, so the next one I have is about Caddy, and Caddy is a sea serpent that lives over oh, on cool. the West Coast. I don't know about Caddy. So for over 200 years, there have been sightings of a sea monster in the North American Pacific Coast. So... It's British Columbia, and, like, they've seen sightings in San Francisco. 
Oh, so, like that far south? Yeah. So there have been numerous photos taken and video taken of supposedly Caddy. Mm-hmm. And in 1991, a woman even claimed she saw the creature on the steps to the beach while she was walking her dog. Huh. Now, Caddy is not the typical sea serpent. He has a long neck, like you would think, like Loch Ness Monster. Yeah. But he has the head of a horse. Oh. So Caddy's a little different. He's kind of doing his own Why thing. Why not horsey or something? No, Caddy. Uh, yeah, but like unless you unless I'm you know unless you want to call him Katie, <laughs> I mean whatever, <laughs> something a little more equestrian. Maybe it's just a weird way to spell Tro- Katie. Trotty, it's not really Caddy. Gallopy. Okay, well the next one I have I think you'll really like is Mel Sinkhole. Mel Sinkhole. I think you're really gonna be in Mel Sinkhole. Yeah, you're gonna like it. So this is a legendary mysterious pit that supposedly exists near Ellensburg, Washington. Okay. It all started when a man named Mel Waters called in an Art Bell radio like program, mm-hmm. and he claimed he found a bizarre sinkhole on his property with strange powers. Oh, sweet! So interested, they you know scooped him up and were like, well, "Let's hear what you have to say, Mel Waters." He stated that it was greater than eighty thousand feet deep. Eighty thousand feet. Eighty thousand feet deep hold on hold on now i'm gonna do really quick just so i have i'm actually miles 15 miles yes isn't that like i don't know i was gonna search how how far it is to the center of the earth i don't know i'm not sure me either but he said he knows this because he had tied fishing line together and lowered it down into the hole letting it go go for more than 15 (laughs) miles before it touched the bottom I want to know where he got all his fish. I was going to say. Like, he cleaned out a fish store. Not fish store, but, like, the entire... The town. The entire, like, western hemisphere of the United States. But he's not done with that. No, I got to spare 15 miles of rope. He didn't just measure it. He also claimed that the hole had abilities to bring back dead animals. Oh, yes. And the reason he said he knew this, which I could not find any other... I guess facts about this. Uh-huh. It just simply stated he found out it could bring back dead animals after a man's dead dog was thrown into the pit and then was seen walking around shortly after. Okay. So I want to like know did like a guy stumble upon it and was like, I'm going to throw my dead dog in here. <laughs> and then the dog came back to life. Or like did Mel steal the dog and like throw the dog in I there? I would like to think that the guy's dog, well, I wouldn't like to think that, that his dog had passed away. But he was like, oh, and I got to dig a giant hole in the yard. And he was scuffling around like the the sad Charlie Brown walk or something. And then saw the sinkhole and went, oh. I'll just put him right there. I'll just put the, I'll just put the puppy in that sinkhole. And then he walked away and then he's like, what? wait, he's My- following me. Yeah. Fido is right behind me. Fido. <laughs> or maybe Katie again. Katie. Katie. Katie, Katie, my, Katie, my puppy. Katie, your dog. <laughs> so he was, Mel Waters was featured on the Art Bell radio program. Yeah. Numerous times. Wasn't so, that Art Bell program, it was like this big, like, uh, I, I, I've heard Tom DeLonge talk about it. And I'm pretty sure the Art Bell radio program was like this weird, sort of like crypto weird radio stuff oh i'm sure i mean if they obviously had them on numerous times they had them on this was like up until 2002 oh my god like so it was pretty recent but then a local paper reported that no man named mel waters ever existed in that area at all what so as this identity has never been confirmed he never told listeners exactly the location of the pit 
And people were like, is this a hoax? Or like, who is this guy? Yeah. Because they didn't know if that's his real name now. They don't know where the hole is. Like, you think if you've been on the show numerous times, like somebody would eventually be like, show me. Yeah. But I don't know. It doesn't matter because there's still travelers that go and try to find the sinkhole or attempt to find the sinkhole today. People go out there to try to find Mel Waters sinkhole. And where is it in Washington? It's in... Ellensburg? Ellensburg. Ellensburg, Washington. I have no idea where in Washington that is. I don't know either. Maybe the town itself doesn't even exist. Maybe. Maybe it's all a hoax. All right. So the next West Coast is um, the Angry Landlord. Ah, we've dealt with those. Yeah, we have. (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody's kind of had at one point. So originally the city of Auburn, Washington was named Slaughter sweet so that was named by the original landowner that sold the property that came to form the town of auburn washington Uh so according to the legend his ghost can be stalking up and down the streets to this day of that town Uh he angrily walks through walls and appears on the other side of them with his face is suspiciously absent so just no face doesn't have a face like dick tracy No, no face that one the one character from dick tracy Oh, yeah. I forgot about him. Wasn't that Madonna in the movie or something? It was Madonna. I something like that. Yeah, it was Madonna. (laughs) But it is not really known why he appears without a face. There wasn't like really anything, any backstory of why he would not have a face. But it is weird because everybody that reports seeing this this apparition Mm -hmm. says that they see this apparition without a face. So it is kind of like an unusual thing. It's not the typical like... She was in a white dress, or I saw a little boy running around. Or he was wearing all black and had a hat on. It's just an angry man stomping up and down the streets with no face. Now, you gotta be stomping pretty hard, because how can people tell if you're mad or not without looking at your facial expression? So you gotta be, like, doing that toddler stomp when you stomp stomp away. Well, I think he might be a stomper, and they said that they know he's (laughs) unhappy about the way his land has been used, because they claim that if you get in his way and you're unlucky enough to cross his path, that he will scare you. <laughs> well, yeah. It doesn't say how he will scare you. But, like, I just imagine, like, that, like, little, like, jump that someone does at you to, like, kind of make you yeah. nervous. Like, back off, bro. Or he unlocks your phone. Like, he knows your passcode to unlock your phone and then you get all freaked out. Maybe. I'm not really sure. So, another one that I have is Terrible Tilly. Yeah. Terrible Tilly. Have you heard of Terrible Tilly? No, I just like the name. It's fun to hear it. Say it again. Terrible Tilly. Oh, woo. It's getting better. So what could Tilly possibly be? Oh, Tillamook. Oh, Tillamook. Mm -hmm. So it's the Tillamook Rock Lighthouse. It was completed in 1881, and it was definitely a place of death and disturbance. Now, I would say that Tillamook... A little bit is a place of death and disturbance because we've driven into Tillamook and have went to the Tillamook Chiefs factory to get a little ice cream, and it does smell a lot like number two. There's a lot of cows in There's a lot of cows. It's There's a very heavy number two smell. Yeah. Well, the Tillamook Rock Lighthouse was a place of death because in 1879, a surveyor was out there and he was swept out to sea and died. In 1881, a group of quarrymen were close to finishing the construction on the lighthouse. Yeah. 
And all of a sudden, nobody heard from them, and then all 16 of their bodies were washed up ashore. 16? 16 of them. Wow. So everybody that was finishing up construction died making Tilly. So the lighthouse was used. It was functional, but the way it was placed, and I think this was cause of a lot of the deaths, was Uh you would get violent storms and it would rage around it. And the way it was placed out in the water, Mm -hmm. it kind of like made this like funnel of just disaster. Funnel of disaster. Pretty much. That was (laughs) the name of my first band. (laughs) What was the name of your second band? um, I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure. You forget it. Crappy cop. Um, (laughs) So... The lighthouse was um, decommissioned in 1957, but it didn't stop from being really strange and unusual. In 1980, the the location was transferred into a columbarium, I think you say it. I don't know what that is. It's basically a storage house for urns and human remains. Whoa. So they, like, turned Terrible Tilly into, like, basically kind of like a... A morgue, in a way. At least, well, for the for the deceased, like like a resting place for ashes and stuff. Yes. So now it is referred to as Terrible Tilly, and it's barely ever visited because it's hard to get to. There's major storms; you have to get to there by helicopter. There's no other way. And the urns and the occupants of the people that were placed there are still there. What? They just use the lighthouse as like basically a storage spot. Why have the pig. ghost adventures or no one? Why has nobody gone there? Because <laughs> it's hard to get so to. That sounds so sweet. Yeah, but that makes it even better. Like when I know that we that we we rag on the ghost adventures guys quite a bit, but it's all in love. But when they went to the weird island in Italy where it was this old hospital and they got there from boat and stuff, the more difficult a location typically warrants better results like the one creepy island in in mexico with the with the dolls oh yeah they got there by boat and they always say that water is a conduit for activity right i don't know maybe we gotta write them go there please but anyways this was something that i put on our instagram because the bandage man is starting to reappear so just a quick little thing about the bandage man we talked about him at like our third or something very first episodes yeah it it was the first incarnation of bogus or boogeyman i believe yeah so just a little bit about him they think that he was a logger that died over in this area but he is said to be in the connecting roads of U.S. Highway 101 to Cannon Beach. So it's a town between Highway 26 and intersects with 101, which actually I think we will be kind of going through when we, we go to will. the coast. We will, yeah. So Lindsay and I are taking a small trip to the coast, and we do hop on to Highway 101 for a little bit. Yeah, he is reported to be covered in bloody bandages as well as emulating a horrible stench of rotten flesh. Mm. Occasionally, the spirit's limbs will jut out at bizarre angles. So he kind of <laughs> just is crazy. Maybe he's really good at popping and locking. The like dubstep dance. Maybe he's good at, you know, maybe he is good at dubstep. <laughs> but the banded band appears to haunt one particular stretch of road, the Highway 26 to 101, and he will grab and latch on to any vehicles moving down that highway, especially trucks, open cars such as convertibles, and he will often attack by trying to break the glass of your windows. But as soon as you get to Cannon Beach, he will disappear. He is, like, only said to be on that stretch. Like, it's almost like he's trapped 
yeah. on that stretch of road and he cannot get out of that area. But he's said to sometimes kill and eat dogs and cats. Oh, what? And he has often tried to attack several humans. So what a jerk. The thing that, that's so spooky about him is that people see him kind of lingering in the woods and they've taken photos, whether yeah. they're, they're real or not. Everybody's intrigued because this is one of the first entities that actually has interacted with living beings like pretty regularly. Wow. Yeah. We're so, going to be driving. We we literally connect to Highway 101 from Highway 26. So if we don't come back, it's probably because the bandage man. And please come look for us around Seaside or Cannon Beach. <laughs> please. Highway 26 intersects with 101. Yeah. Help. But anyways, I have like a couple little trivia questions that I thought were kind of fun. For me or? For you and our listeners. Oh, you guys can yell it with me. Yell them out. Okay. Okay. So the first one I have is what was the first horror film to be nominated for Best Picture Oscar? Oh my God. Oh, um, Night of the Living Dead. No. Uh, Let me guess again. I mean, these were all great films at the beginning. They should have won something, but like people just didn't gravitate to horror films for a long time. So this one kind of broke. Oh, The Shining. No. The one, the the one that is the one called Alien Resurrection. No, it was actually The Exorcist. Oh, duh! What the a dummy. The Exorcist was like the first movie that broke people, and we're like, we like scary movies. I remember my mom when she saw that movie when when she was younger. Linda Reed could not walk past a window. She had a duck underneath a window. Oh, because it's terrifying. It's a, yeah. It's still a terrifying. movie. It's very scary. Okay, question number two. What was the first American film Ugh. to show and to hear a toilet flush? What? <laughs> what? Now think about our show and we talk about spooky things. So that'll give you an idea of what kind of genre of film you're looking for. I've talked about number two in this episode a few times. And now you are. That's like a running theme in this episode for some reason. <laughs> The number two, doo-doo, scary, <laughs> boo-boo. <laughs> the number two, honey, boo-boo. What does that even mean? So uh, the first American film to show and to hear a toilet flush. Dumb and Dumber. No, that's not a scary movie at all. <laughs> um, The Poltergeist? No, it was Psycho. What? Yeah. I don't. I can't recall like the the part, but I kind of want to look it up and be like, oh. Yeah. Because it's just something you don't think about, but maybe, I thought it was interesting. Maybe the shower scene right before it. Okay, number three. Ed Gein inspired which three horror films? Which three horror yes. films? Ed Gein? I mean, think about Ed Gein. He Is had... he the one who chopped his mom's head off? No, Ed Gein, well, I don't think he did. He was the one that had the nipple bell and he had all those oh, pieces. And ugh. think about what he kind of was caught for. And yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yep. Um, yes. Something, Sounds of the Lambs? Yeah. Yo, what? Yes. Yep. Okay. Um, here goes. Number three for three. All day buckets. I have to think of one. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, what did I say? Silence of the Lambs and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, darn it. That's only two I could think of. And Psycho. Oh, Again. and Psycho. Which, Psycho wasn't really like, I would have never thought that one because he doesn't really eat anybody. But, I mean, I guess just the weirdness. I just inspired yeah. the film. Okay, so my last and final question. Yes, I'm ready. How much did Bruce Campbell make for Army of Darkness, an estimated yearly salary, and the movie took two years to produce? So how much do you think he made a year 
making Army of Darkness, which is like a huge cult classic. 20000 $20,000 a year. Yeah, that's my guess. Really? Yeah. I don't think he made very much making the movie until after it got really famous. Well, he actually did better then, but I was still shocked about this. He made $50,000 a year. That's it? That's it. While for making that movie. $50,000 for two years. So he made like, it was a little under $50,000 a year because he ended up with $93,000 for two years of oh, making yeah. that movie. But it just, it floored me because it's like, that's really not a lot for how big that movie is now. Yeah, seriously. Like he kind of basically did that on a, like a clearance budget. Yeah, seriously. He, it was the like $5 DVD bin Walmart budget. Yeah. I mean, he still made a good chunk of change and yeah. it was back in the day, but like it just really, like I would think $93,000 a year he made on that movie. Which is still low compared to like the Hollywood horror people and Oh, whatever. absolutely. So it's like, I feel like he's one of the biggest horror icons and he's one of the most underrated people I oh think. yeah especially like cult the like culty horror icons and stuff i mean he's at all the cons and he does all that stuff oh absolutely i like bruce campbell i bet he'd be fun to hang out with yeah he seems <laughs> like a funny guy he seems fun those are my uh west coast ghosts and misunderstood monsters nice b yeah thank you very much well that about does it right Yes, but now to remind everybody again, because we are going to be squatching, quote unquote, in the Pacific Northwest. Or bandage manning. Or bandage manning, which I, we'll we'll post some photos or something around that area. Yeah, Um, I posted one today. Oh yeah, I mean like IRL when we're there. Oh, absolutely. We're having our third Molly Monster giveaway. Now, we've already been collecting a few things for the prize boxes here and there, and they're already very, very exciting. We have some good stuff. I know that our three previous winners, Audrey, Matt, and Amy, can attest to, I think we have good gifts. I think they're very fun, and they're very spooky. And they're very crazy and haunted and very fun (laughs) and very spooky. Now, the the rules are, again, yourself included, and tag two others— who would be, who would fill what role, who would fill what archetype, and your Bigfoot hunting group? Who'd be the hunter, who'd be the tech person, and who would be human bait? And we'll pick a winner at random, or I don't know, maybe there's something really silly in one, or there's a drawing, or whatever. But we'll we'll pick a winner, and the person who made the post will send you some stuff, and then if you'd like to uh, divvy up some of the stuff to your potential Bigfoot hunting crew, go ahead. But your the, the prize is yours to do whatever you want with. Right. And just follow us on Twitter or Instagram at spooky underscore spouses. Or say you have a scary story or a topic that you want us to discuss, you can email us at spooky spouses cast and that's at gmail.com now speaking of guest submissions really quick morgan uh our friend from the scavengers network and co-host of academy outcasts sent us an email and at her day job i guess one of the walls neighbors a church i think it's um, a hispanic church and she hears them every tuesday doing exorcisms which is really weird which is insane morgan if you're listening and we hope that you are if you can like subvertly get a little audio from it maybe just on your phone or something, and send us the audio. I would love to hear it. And if you need us just to send you some sage to maybe cleanse yeah, your office, seriously. we'll hook you up. So just let us know. Morgan, we'll send you sage. Palo Santo, we'll send you, I don't know, like a tiny stuffed dog or something for comfort. 
Just let us know. Just holler at us. Yeah, and I would like to give a shout out for Eli Chambers for our wonderful music that you hear at the beginning, middle, and end. And I would like to say, well, we'd both like to say thank you to Colin M. Parker, our big, beautiful boss baby boy at the Scavengers Network, and all the other shows at the Scavengers Network, shows like Academy Outcasts, Historical Hotties, EQ&A, Journey Under 30. And also, last week, Colin had me on as a guest for my birthday, which is very nice, on his podcast, The Bad Pen Pal. So go listen. I believe that's episode number six. Colin and I talked for a very long time about all sorts of stuff. Yeah, it was a good episode. Thanks, Lens. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And a big shout out to all you listeners. Definitely share with your friends, your enemies, your mom, your grandma, anybody that likes spooky stuff and maybe wants to hear us ramble for a while. Hey, yeah, please help us. Please help. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you in two weeks. Gone squatching. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 